0: If you want to be able to take your passion and really become good at what you're doing, basically, you know, if you're doing something that you love, then you're never really going to be working a day in your life. In order for you to be able to do that, the first step is clarity, which means you really need to know exactly what you wanted and why you want it. It's important that you become aware of your environment, your surroundings, because the moment you're saying you want to change your life and, you know imbibe this passion and make it part of your life people around you will respond very differently building that resilience that strength from inside to continue and then you're at a point where you're not thinking too much anymore about how to sustain your passion
1: Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of Power of Passion. I'm Nivedita, the host of this show. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. This is the continuation of episode 27. As you know, in this podcast, I interview the inspiring personalities who follow their passion in order to help you to find your passion and live it with a purpose and lead a meaningful life. Today we have Rahul, the Zen coach. Rahul was in advertising for about three and a half years, after which he quit his job and started following his passion of helping people achieve clarity in their lives. He has spent the last 20 years of his life in understanding the impact of limiting beliefs on one's life and was able to discover the five powerful Zen principles. So in this episode, you will get to know about the five Zen principles So without further ado, let's dive deep into our conversation. Hello Rahul, can you please tell us about the Zen principles?
0: Sure. So one of the things that I've been doing over the last, you know, as I said, you know, 18, 20 years now is I genuinely wanted to be able to make a difference in whoever was in front of me. That's something that's always driven me. So Through all the years, whenever I have been through, you know, courses, programs, you know, I've studied, read books, uh, you know, like digested like terabytes and terabytes of data, you know, videos to really be able to be in that position where I can make a difference in someone's life. At different points, I have seen glimpses, you know, for the person to be able to feel that change. But today I'm at the point where having done this for the length of time that I have, What I have arrived at are these five principles, right? What I call the five Zen principles. And I'll explain in a moment why I call them the five Zen principles. Mm -hmm. And they're the five powerful Zen principles for a reason. Mm -hmm. The first is you can, you probably have sense that clarity is something that is really, really important. And that is the first principle or the first step that I follow when I work with my clients. Because once you have clarity, that kind of opens up the doors to you having that energy and that sustainability to achieve whatever it is that you want. Because once you're clear and you know exactly what you want and why you want and you feel it in your soul, then it becomes easier to walk the path. Because especially in a you know, vocational, professional sense, if you want to be able to take your passion and really become good at what you're doing, basically, you know if you're doing something that you love, then you're never really going to be working a day in your life. In order for you to be able to do that, the first step is clarity, which means you really need to know exactly what you wanted and why you want it. That's the first part. The second part is once you know this, then you have to get really, really focused on what is happening in your environment. Mm -hmm. Because if you're genuinely looking to create this change Mm -hmm. and sustain this passion, profession, career, vocation that you want in your life. For those who are looking at it from that perspective, you really want to be able to sustain it. It's important that you become aware of your environment, your surroundings. Because the moment you're saying you want to change your life and you know imbibe this passion and make it part of your life, people around you will respond very differently.
1: You mean to say like criticism or mixed comments will be there?
0: You will definitely have a mixed bag, yeah. but a lot of times, especially if it is something that is very strong, mm-hmm. people will respond strongly to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Meaning, that, like you said, there may be criticism, there may be, and a lot of it, you may say criticism or conflict, but a lot of it comes from fear. Mm-hmm. They have the fear which they are sort of projecting on. you. Like, don't do this. Why are you taking this on? You know, nobody has made money doing this. In our family, we don't do this. Right. Uh, just get a job and everything will be okay. So there are a lot of things that people have within them that get stirred when you step into your power saying, you know, I'm really passionate about this Mm -hmm. and I want to make this my career, profession or part of my life, Mm -hmm. right? Where this passion is your driver. The passion really makes you want to become a better version of it. So when that's the case, like I said, one part is clarity. The second is the consciousness, the awareness of the environment. Mm. Once you've got these two going, it's like the gears of a, of a wheel or a machine. Once you've got these two working, then the third part is very, very important, very critical, which is currently what are the beliefs or other currently what are the habits that you have? The third is where we get into the space of what I call repetition, which is basically your habit. So what we are saying here is by repetition, we mean firstly becoming aware of what are your current habits that are not serving you anymore. You're saying now, okay, I know what my passion is. So what habits are not serving that passion that you have? So maybe your habit is procrastination, as in putting things off. Maybe the habit is laziness. I'll do it later. You know, we, We all have these pet habits that maybe they worked for us 5, 10, 20 years ago but they don't serve us today. So when you start to go down this line where you're talking about, you know, from clarity to consciousness, and now you're getting really, really serious as in like focused on what are these habits that I currently have? That's one part. And two, more importantly, what are these habits that I want to have which will help me raise the game? That will help me raise my, you know, literally raise my energy.
2: Mm.
0: Now, these may be habits that you don't already have, or there may be habits that you've had before but you've kind of like dropped them along the way it's like for some of us in school we had some really good habits and then along the way we kind of like let them go mm-hmm. so now it's about tuning back into them but with this adult body that we are in okay you know with the new new reawakened passion so the as i said the third part is where you really really you know get into your power where you build new habits So that you are able to, you know, it's like, even if you feel your energy dropping, it will raise back up. So maybe habits are things like, you know, meditation, Mm -hmm. mindfulness. Mm -hmm. As you can see, now there are some parallel tracks to why it is Zen or why, you know, I go by Rahul the Zen coach. Because I'm not saying I'm a Buddhist monk, you know, that's not the space I'm talking about. It's just there are parallels that the more you make this part of your life, Mm then you're not getting caught up in labels. It's just that your lifestyle starts to reflect that. Okay. So in essence, like I said, so this part is where you're really focusing on the habits. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to the fourth piece of this for me, which was like, I've known these things, but it's like now when I see them in a sequence and I'm when I work with my clients, they're able to see massive results. They're able to experience massive results. So the fourth is basically what I look at as resilience, which means, that once you know what these new habits are and you're willing to let go of the old habits, now comes the part where it gets really interesting. Because now you know, right? There's more awareness than unawareness. Mm -hmm. Now is where it gets interesting because these habits start to kind of come together and become a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So from a, say, a 16-year-old wanting to go to the gym to a 25-year-old who's living a lifestyle of wellness, as an example. So every choice, every decision point in your life is woven into what makes you who you are. And when we are talking about this, which is a resilience, your identity is shaped in a much stronger way. That means you become this person. So, you know, so you're no longer restricted by the activity. So in a way, that's when you start to transcend just being the vocation linked to that passion. Saying, oh, I'm a painter, I'm a you know, musician or whatever. No, this, this has to go much beyond that. So this is the fourth part where you're building that resilience, that strength from inside to continue. And then you're at a point where you're not thinking too much anymore about how to sustain your passion. Okay. And the last part is basically where you're reviewing from time to time your life, your decisions. And also, in a way, you're looking to the future. So the fifth basically is where you're resetting, as I said, where you're basically making it a habit to review from time to time. And you're making certain adjustments to ensure that this lifestyle becomes the base of what you're doing. So these, in essence, are the five Zen principles where, like I said, everything flows from this. Right.
1: So these things, we have to keep a checkpoint in our lives. Yep. Okay. And this is applicable to any scenario.
0: Correct. Again, the reason why these are universal, the reason why these are applicable across the board is so that it's keeping it as simple as possible so that you can apply it. Okay. But yes, having said all of this, like I said, are there habits to be learned? Are there attitudes to have? That is built within this, you know, these five steps.
1: Okay. So to have a small uh, recap, first is clarity where we should know what we want and why we want. Mm -hmm. Second is the consciousness. We need to be aware of the environment of who the people are and uh, what they are thinking and what they talk about us. Third one is a repetition, wherein we need to build new habits. Okay, And the fourth one is a resilience, wherein we build the strength from inside to become the person who we want to be. And the fifth one is a reset, wherein we review this from time to time and make small adjustments. Correct. Very nice. If we apply these things in our life, I'm sure our life will change. Mm. Do you want to talk about the limiting beliefs? Like we have a lot of past baggage. Sometimes we get hurt. We are guilty. All that is in our mind. You know, we're not able to overcome that. Correct. So... How much ever we do meditation, yoga and all that, still, you know, we carry that forward and um, it Mm. doesn't allow us to progress much. Right. So do you have any tips or suggestions like how we can come over our past baggage and Mm. have a free mindset and go forward in our life?
0: Sure. So what you've talked about is maybe something very, very important, which is a lot to do with how we code experiences how we tag experiences from the past obviously so for a lot of us we don't know and we've not been taught from say in school we're never taught how to look at failure we're only taught how to feel bad about failure or that you know failure is something that you must never have or where you're sort of told that it's okay Mm. right but for most of us i don't know exactly today how the school system works but i'm saying for most of us whether we're in our you know, 30s, 40s, 50s. Typically, we were never taught how to be able to look at a quote-unquote bad experience mm-hmm. and learn from it, mm-hmm. but let the bad experience go. For most of us, growing up over the last 15, 20, maybe even 30 years, mm-hmm. we've not been taught that. Which means that a lot of times, like you said, even if you're practicing certain mindfulness uh, processes, a lot of times things come up and Uh, we're not able to work through it. I'm not saying that these processes, you know, yoga or any of these, I'm not saying that they don't work. But for us, if you're, you know, let's say if you're something comes up for you and you're reminded of an experience from 20 years ago, a lot of times we don't know how to decode that. So like you said, how do we work around it? Or how do we sort of grow, from it without having to experience the pain all over again. So one of the things is, it's about basically being aware that we usually tend to remember instances from the beginning. Mm. So if you had a bad experience, nine out of 10 times, you will always go back to the beginning of the experience and run it forward in one, in one motion, even when you're repeating something that was traumatic to say, if you're telling somebody now about something that was traumatic usually there's a tendency to to take the person back with you into the past and live it as if it's happening in the moment absolutely that's the first thing to change i'm not saying don't talk about it but you know in your own time when you're processing it when you make it a habit to see it differently Mm -hmm. which means i mean and again this is not something it's not something new for people who are in this space but if you're somebody who's been struggling with this and you don't know how to do this, one of the things is where imagine that you're seeing all of this that happened before, but you're segregating you and the experience. It's like as if Rahul is watching Rahul on in a movie.
1: But to come to that state is really hard, right?
0: I'm not saying it's easy. Obviously, because if you spend 15 years or 20 years mastering how to feel bad, about that particular incident Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's easy which is why a lot of times when it comes to this kind of work it helps if you have somebody to guide you no two ways about it Mm. because otherwise you know it's like you think of and you know already there's a there's something in your head which is basically saying uh, you know it's like You ring the bell and the dog salivates. You think of red color and you think of something. You think of blue color and you think of something. So for most of us, especially if it is something painful, if the moment you see somebody else going through something similar, we go back in time and relive it all over again. And it's a lot of it is operant conditioning, which means your brain has been wired to think in a certain way. So what you're doing, as I was telling you a moment ago, is you're teaching your brain to to see the old inputs but from another angle imagine if you actually remembered that memory without the sound like the sound is turned off okay so there are different ways to, to trick the brain essentially but what you're doing is you're teaching your brain to take the old input with one element missing or two elements missing or three elements missing okay. if you really ask me here's the core of it mm-hmm. What you're carrying even now, whatever that hurt, that trauma, is you're carrying a impression of what happened then. It's just that that impression has been embellished and layered every time you remember it. So there are tons of techniques, tons of ways to, to sort of overcome or circumvent or bypass you know old, painful memories or incidents. But even here, I would say it's very important for you to understand what is your purpose is your purpose to learn is your purpose to build that inner strength which means you're able to have that experience again but where you're using the pain as a way to you know uh, learn something about you from it but very important that if you do this with supervision it becomes easier because the honest truth is if you already knew how to change it you've already done it if you've been suffering because of something that happened to you 10 years ago and you are still suffering today that technically means you still don't know how to change the way you're processing that you know that incident like if somebody was mean to you or hurt you or harmed you one is the act the other is the remembering of it like if somebody you know if somebody punched you yes you were punched but carrying that emotion with you is where you can make a change there is physical trauma Which is if somebody took a stick and beat you and you broke your arm, technically your arm broke, but in your brain, you're saying he broke my arm, which means A, B and C. And that if you're carrying that hurt for years together, that is the part where we can make a change just by remembering it doesn't mean that your arm wasn't broken. Then that's the difference. So I'm saying there is a way for you to learn how to code the experience differently so that with time you're able to grow because of those experiences Mm -hmm. the point in all of this is if you haven't been doing it till now you can do it if you believe that oh so and so did this to me when i was this age and you know for the rest of my life i am marked that's a decision that you can change because that is based on a belief
1: okay It was a very deep conversation, Rahul, talking to you all about how to get the clarity and how to overcome fear, the Zen principles and how to get rid of our past baggage and all that. So let's go on for a rapid fire round. Okay.
0: Sure thing. Maybe go ahead.
1: Yeah. The first question is, how do you define life or what does life mean to you? See,
0: Life is fun and uh, life is all about experiments and experimentation. And um, Life is essentially unexplored.
1: Okay. Your favorite sport?
0: Cricket and tennis. Your biggest addiction? Personal transformation is my biggest addiction. Like any story that has transformation, that's like my biggest addiction.
1: <laughs> okay. Your inspiration?
0: Uh, I've been very fortunate to have many mentors over a period of time. So definitely, you know, there's Richard Bandler, who is the co-founder of NLP and before him, I had another mentor who also you know, taught me neuro-linguistic programming. His name is Dick, as in Richard McHugh. Okay. What
1: is the thing you are afraid of?
0: Ah, I think to stop trying. And I say trying, and, and there's a specific uh, connotation here. Trying as in to stop caring. Mm-hmm. Because the moment you stop caring, then it's just kind of, you know, everything, like, it's like the color in life will just get drained out.
2: Yeah, that's
1: true. The book that you would recommend everyone
0: to read? The Secret of the Millionaire Mind. That was one book by T. Harv Eker. Mm-hmm. That's one book. Another one is, it's called Manifest Your Destiny. I guess for me, these are books that came at a point in my life where they've really struck home or on many levels. Whether you talk about it from a passion perspective, you talk about it from a life's purpose mm-hmm these are definitely two books i would highly recommend
1: okay great the biggest lesson we have learned so
0: far so one is there is this universal truth that there's a reason why we call it the truth within that it's always there and it becomes evident the more like for me it became evident the more i started to listen to it Mm -hmm. and every time i've gone away from that internal truth Eventually, I've come back, but you know, paid a higher price. Basically, like listen to the inner voice. The more you listen to your own inner voice, that really you know makes a big difference.
1: Oh, what is the one wrong belief you had, and how did you overcome it?
0: One wrong belief. Hmm, interesting. So, one wrong belief that I had was it was only about helping other people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and especially in this kind of work. For me, so everything that I did, all the courses that I did, all the the money that I spent, it was primarily to help other people. What was missing was that I wasn't helping myself. So the moment I started to help myself, I was able to help people better.
1: Okay. If you were to time travel, what would you be doing? <laughs>
0: interesting i think i would time travel to a couple of places where i would want to see the mentors that i've had i would want to see them discovering the things that i have now sort of had the good fortune of learning but like so many years later okay
1: one global leader you follow
0: maybe tony robbins but yeah i would say for someone who has you know been able to establish himself globally and be known he would probably be one person you know and he's been in that position for many many years so probably he would be one who i would say he's global he's a leader and you know he's out there doing something of value
1: okay so we have come to the last section of this round okay which is if you are given the power to change the world in a day what is the one thing you'll be doing
0: make everybody like a power right like everybody has this it's like everybody loves Personal change, personal development, and personal transformation, and is constantly seeking that out in their lives.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That would be the so they like literally love it. They you know so they'll do whatever it takes to get to know themselves. It's like you know there's that expression, know thyself.
1: Then the world would really be a beautiful place after that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's like everybody is a fan of know thyself. Because everybody is driven by that for themselves. Like that whole, you know, I want to know myself better. I want to be more mindful. I want to be able to transcend all my pain and all of that.
1: Super. Okay, Rahul. It was very interesting, a very deep conversation. We got to know a lot of things. Yep. And I wish you all the success. And I hope uh, you transform millions of people's uh, lives. And uh, all the best for
0: you. Thank you so much. Uh, last but not least, a uh, big shout out to Veena for, you know, connecting us. It's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I've really enjoyed this conversation, interaction, you know, the questions that you asked, you know, for those of you who've been listening right through, there have been times we may have sort of meandered or whatever, but the intent has always been there, you know, to genuinely serve you. Definitely, you know, more power you and just continue doing what you're doing. To get this message across to hundreds and hundreds. and So my wish to you is that, you know, many, 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 many people get to know you and the work that you're doing and uh, wishing you all the best.
1: Thank you so much Rahul, for your heartfelt words. And I hope your words come true. And I'm so happy to have connected with you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, guys, in taking your time to listen to this episode. I'm sure it would have added a lot of value to your life and given you clarity of. How to Live Your Passion with a Purpose. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please do subscribe to my podcast and share it with your family, friends and colleagues. And please don't forget to share your comments on what you think about this episode. You can share your comments on Apple Podcast. And if you want to connect to me, you can connect on Instagram at Power of Passion. And I will catch you next week on another inspiring episode of Power of Passion. Until then, stay safe. And most importantly, do what you love.
2: Thank you.